Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm David Brody. It's Wednesday, June 9, 2021. We begin with a train wreck. And it has nothing to do with a train, actually. I'm talking about Kamala Harris and her trip south of the border to Mexico and Guatemala. An absolute train wreck, and quite frankly, that's being kind to train wrecks. White House aides are scratching their collective heads about her performance down there, including a disastrous interview with NBC's Lester Holt. Kamala Harris started the trip, by the way, by handing out cookies of herself to reporters, a classic narcissistic move. But we here at the water cooler think, hey, the cookies coming home now look more like this, totally broken, discombobulated, more on the cookie disaster in a moment. Also today, former President Trump continues to dominate the headlines. Did you know that 53% of Republicans think Donald Trump is the actual president? We will discuss the next moves by POTUS 45. And a school teacher in Virginia fought back and won an important legal battle. He said he would not bow to the LGBT community by using transgender pronouns in the classroom. Well, guess what? After being put on administrative leave, a judge said the school district must reinstate him. More on this a little later. I actually want to begin there on the controversial transgender issue that has seeped into American politics. Joining me now, one of the former president's uh, senior advisors and now founder of America First Legal, Stephen Miller. Stephen, great to have you back on the show, sir. Thank you so much. Well, look, you're fighting this transgender movement, if you will, in court. Tell us what's happening on that front from America First Legal. So we are now part of a lawsuit we just joined against the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, commonly known as the EEOC, a division of the federal government, over its new guidance on sex discrimination, which has once again defined sex to mean gender identity and not biological sex. But what's critical here from the litigation standpoint is that they failed to include a constitutionally required religious exemption. So they would be forcing religious Americans, religious believers, people of faith, to violate their deeply held beliefs, their own private conscience rights, and to adopt a transgender viewpoint. This is really an issue about science. It's about religion, but also about science, because the undisputed biological definition of sex really is being turned upside down because of a radical agenda that really now is beginning in our elementary schools, teaching young people that there are no boys and girls, men and women, but in fact, people are whatever they want to be, which has profound implications for medicine, for culture, for religion, and for truth itself. 
Stephen, liberals want to turn this country upside down. Someone's values are going to reign supreme. It seems like we are in the fight from a cultural standpoint and a Judeo-Christian fabric standpoint as well. Yes, this is a very important point. This is about our Judeo-Christian values, and it's not said enough. We are a country whose ethical, religious, and moral heritage is Judeo-Christian. No, that doesn't mean that we have an official state religion. What it means is that Judeo-Christian values form the bedrock of our declaration, our constitution, our civil rights, our moral character, who we are as a people, who we are as a country. We inherit from our founders that deep religious faith, that deep cultural attachment to these principles. And when they are under assault, our whole nation is under assault. We ought to be teaching and inculcating into our children these fundamental values and principles that made us who we are, that makes Western civilization what it is. That is critical to having not just a great present, but an amazing future for this country. Because we've seen throughout the world that countries that abandon their values that abandon their Judeo-Christian heritage, fall by the wayside. And so it really is a civilizational issue. It is bigger than just the transgender issue, though it's very big. And, that, and indeed, that's also an issue about children's safety. As yeah. we've seen with the increasing use of uh, hormone therapies, better understood as chemical castration. So it's a religious issue, it's an ethical issue, it's a civilizational issue. It touches on every single aspect of what it means to have and maintain a country. And then you get into political repercussions as well, be, or, or, or reverberations, because if you look at the, uh, the transgender males competing with females in sports, you, you wonder from a political standpoint if this is going to backfire on Democrats in the 2022 midterm elections. Uh, they they want to win the suburbs so bad, but those suburbs and experts, I can't believe soccer moms are going to, that this is appealing to them at any level, Stephen. My personal view, is that this is a failed ideology that is destined to topple in on itself. For this agenda to succeed, for the transgender ideology to succeed, they need people to be scared and quiet and not to speak the plain truth. Because once people say, I'm not going to bow down to something I know is untrue, I'm not going to be afraid. I am going to speak my mind respectfully, tastefully, honestly, it's not going to hold. It will crumble. The edifice will collapse. That's why our lawsuit at America First Legal is so important, because we must preserve the rights of religious Americans to act upon their convictions. It is a First Amendment issue. It is a constitutional issue. So this lawsuit really is key to making sure that political process can play out fairly right. so that people can speak their truth, so that people can live according to their values, so we can have an honest debate in this country. 
Stephen, I want to turn to immigration. Uh, Kamala Harris has had a train wreck of a week uh, down south of the border. Literally, it's gone south, south of the border. Uh, AOC, I mean, if you're, you're, conservatives are criticizing her and even liberals are criticizing her. AOC posting a tweet saying this is disappointing to see when she said uh, basically that illegal immigrants do not come to America. But I, she said seeking asylum at any U.S. border is a 100% legal method of arrival. I want to get your take on that because that isn't the full story there at all. If there's one thing I've learned, I've learned a lot about immigration and immigration law. It's oftentimes those who speak the loudest on the left know the least. Hmm. So, of course, of course it is not true that Congress passed a law which says illegal immigration is legal if you say these magic words, I want asylum. That's just that's comical to think that Congress would have passed a law that says if you show up illegally, which is a federal crime, that that crime all of a sudden disappears if you just invent an asylum claim. Under federal law, 8 U.S.C. 1325, it is a criminal violation to enter the country in between ports of entry, i.e. to cross the border without going through a lawful port of entry. 1326, 8 U.S.C., says that it is a felony to do so on a second offense. So in other words, you can go to jail for up to six months on a first offense, and you can go to jail for a felony prison term on a second offense. And again, there's no magic script that you can deliver to an immigration officer that suddenly makes that crime go away. Under the Trump administration, we prosecuted tens of thousands of people for violating these criminal statutes. But to the point about the vice president, she's in the worst place you can be politically, which is that her policy is completely open borders. Anybody who comes in or anybody who arrives has a really good chance of getting in. And so hundreds of thousands of people are being resettled across the US. Almost every single unaccompanied minor, the vast, vast majority of illegal immigrant families or adults and children that are posing as families, as well as over a thousand single adults gaining entry as gotaways every single day. So it's a wide open border. So from a policy standpoint, it is the least popular place you can be. Then at the same time, she lies and says our policies do not come, thus enraging AOC. So she used a phrase that's triggering to the left, while her actual policy is completely open borders. So you're in the worst place you can be politically because no one in America is going to be happy with this trip. For sure. So in 30 seconds or less, she's what, being disingenuous when she says that? She's lying? It's just, it's she's a lie. She's lying. need to use the word lying. She's lying. Because if you show up at our border today and you are a family or a minor, you will get in. And if you're a single adult, you have an extremely good chance of getting in because there's over 1,000 single adults a day, a day, yeah. that are successfully getting entry into this country. Stephen Miller, great to have you. Uh, always Thank enjoy you. the conversation. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, Stephen Miller, uh, who obviously immigration, uh, a signature issue uh, that he has been working on for a uh, long time, decades really, uh, if you go back. So we appreciate him. All right, uh, when we come back, Manny Miranda will be here. He is the former counsel of the majority leader, Bill Frist, back in the day. Uh, he's got a few things to say about immigration as well. I think he'll be very interested to hear what he has to say, especially that and how Republicans can reach out better to Latinos. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Had to take a cold shower. Hot shower? I had to take a shower uh, between uh, the break there after Stephen Miller and immigration. Hot. Hot comments. Why does my voice change? Hot. Hot comments. Anyhow, let's continue with immigration, shall we? Because I'll probably need another shower soon. Just the news headline uh, has come out. Vice President Kamala Harris says U.S. border problems, the result from issues <laughs> in other nations. Look, I'm not trying to discount the economic conditions in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. But really, those are the, the, that's the main issue? Okay, so let's talk about that, shall we, uh, with Manny Miranda, former counsel to Majority Leader Bill Firstman, back on the water cooler. Manny, great to see you, sir. Good to see you, and I'm glad to follow Steve Miller on this. Well, talk to me a little bit about that headline we just showed. Uh, according to Kamala Harris, this is all about, look, if we can improve the conditions in, in Honduras and Guatemala and El Salvador, that, that folks will stay there and not come to the border. And how much truth is in that? And that clearly is not the entire picture, for sure. Well, I mean, first of all, I got to say the source problem is in the White House. If you're going to look for the source of this problem, you got to look to 1600 uh, Pennsylvania. And I'm not being necessarily partisan because a lot of administrations, a lot of Congresses have ignored this issue and have made it worse. And uh, and that's that's the truth of it. Now, aside from that, it is obviously true that people leave their home countries, their source countries, for reasons of poverty and all kinds of other reasons. I am a Cuban-born uh, uh, exile. My parents left Cuba for re the reasons that everyone understands, that Marxism took over and everything failed. And so we left. And so, but we left and we came into this country legally. And of course, that's the great difference. And, and it is wrong to say that if you simply show up at the border and claim uh, reasons like I can't, I can't survive in my country anymore or I'm menaced by a neighborhood uh, gang, that that is reason enough. The asylum laws were not intended for that kind of uh, reason because that would be true of all the world. <laughs> Most of the world would have uh, problems like that. And so, yeah. you know, the, the other thing about uh, Kamala Harris, you know, I went to law school with Kamala Harris. And, oh, you did? And I have, to, I have to say the still unspoken thing that needs to be said because, you know, people are afraid of being called a racist and a sexist. But I don't think she's that bright. I just don't think she's that bright. And, uh, and we all have to reckon with that. She was a lesser candidate who, uh, because of, of her condition in life, made it to become a running mate. But she's all not not that bright, and her her interview with uh, with NBC was abysmal, abysmal. <laughs> it was abysmal for sure. All right, so let's talk about asylum for a second. So so just so I understand, what you're saying and what Stephen Miller is saying is they got to come to ports of entry. If they if they come across the border in between ports of entry, uh, and you're just crossing the border in, in in that no man's land, so to speak, you can't just say asylum, raise your hand, 
uh, and, and that's that. I, I get that. But, but part of the problem has been, at least critics will say, but we've got problems at the ports of entry, that they're, they're not, it, it, there's a backlog, we've got lawyer issues, we've got all sorts of uh, problems where people won't go to the port of entries because they're not going to be, see, they're going to be turned away and say, come back in six months or a year. So we've got two problems. We have the problem of people crossing illegally, never going, never seeing an immigration judge. Right. That's problem one, right? The problem two is that we have people appearing at the port of entry. They go through the process. They see an immigration judge and they state the magic words that they've been taught to say. They taught their children to say, God bless them. And, uh, and then a, a judge may say to them, okay, you know what? You're released. Come back in a year. Yeah. You know, and in the meantime, they make it to Baltimore or to whatever part of the country and settle in. Yeah, they and don't they come don't back. Come back. They don't come back. You're right. You know, and so it's just it's just an unbelievable situation, a lack of reasoning at every level. And what you need is you need an uh, administrative judges, which are the immigration judges, to basically hear the hear the plea and deny the plea based on those reasons. Honduras is not in a state of war. There may be gangs, there may be hunger, and it's understandable that we're getting people from there. But, but the truth is now we're getting people from all over the world for all of the same reasons. Right. We come up with a coherent plan of action, not a compromise plan of action that, you know, I mean, it may be that it's the cause of compromise. That makes sense. I mean, mm -hmm. that's reasonable. But it has to be coherent and it has to be uh, in favor of U.S. best interests. For sure. Manny, I want to show you this Wall Street Journal headline uh, that caught my attention. It said this, more Latinos bid adios to Democrats. And, you know, I started thinking about this back in the November 2020 election when Donald Trump did very well in Miami-Dade County, County and everybody talked about, you know, the Venezuelan support for Trump and the Cuban support for Trump. But, but is this beyond, within Republican circles, where can they make hay here? Is this more than just Venezuelan Cuban support? Uh, talk to me about how Republicans can go about this. So that's a that's a great question. And I've been dealing with that question for a long time. When I was basically on Senate staff and I I, I got a reporter to a reporter asked me a question and I answered the left makes a mistake with Hispanics. They they are trying to make Hispanics another victim group and they're trying to present them as they present African Americans. You know that that the same issues and the same responses. Hispanics, and, and I was accused of being a racist for basically pointing out that Hispanics do, don't think politically in the same way as African Americans, just as they don't with Lithuanian Americans or any number of other type of Americans. Hispanics come to this country for all the traditional reasons, and their history and their experience is completely different, and most of them assimilate within a generation they work hard, they start businesses, they have two or three jobs, they raise families, their goal is to get their kids into college, eventually own a car and take a vacation like every other American. And so, like every other American, when you remove ideology and politics, they come to the same conclusions. And so it yeah. isn't, you know, they say that when you're young, you're, you're a Democrat. That was true of me. I was a you know, I was a very wide-eyed liberal when I was in college. <laughs> right. But then, you know, Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush changed my mind, and my own experience changed my mind. I believe I'm a very typical Hispanic sure. for purposes of your question. I've come around, 
And that's what they're doing. They're coming around yeah. and realize that, right. that the Democrats have them wrong by treating them like a, uh, you know, some sort of a yeah. kick football you Manny, know, group. And just Manny Miranda, I appreciate you. Thanks for the insight. You're great. We'll talk to you next Thank time. Thank you so much. All right, Manny Miranda, great stuff. Uh, makes me think of Latinos for Trump. We'll have to play that at some point, uh, but we'll get to that another day, another time. Back in a moment. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Do you notice in those little uh, spiffy little uh, opens, if you will, that come in from the segment, do you notice how Trump is like this? Do you ever see that? I mean, Biden's like this and Trump's like this. Well, guess what? That's because that's not on purpose, because Donald Trump uh, is like this over the news cycle pretty much every single day, even though he's not president. Uh, he still dominates the news cycle. We asked Marjorie Taylor Greene on the show yesterday about what she would like to see President Trump do next. For example, there's been talk about him being reinstated in August, which I'm sorry, don't get me going on that. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, but then what about maybe, I don't know, Speaker of the House? Listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Speaking of President Trump, I've got to transition to this article uh, that we uh, had at Just the News today. It was a very interesting article about possible scenarios for Trump to come back uh, into office, scenarios for an early Trump return, the feasible, the far-fetched, and the fantasy. Some thinking he might be reinstated in August. I'm not quite sure about that exactly. I don't see that happening. But the, maybe running for Speaker. Uh, in other words, he's got to run for the House first. Um, and then, of course, the run in 2024, potentially. What, what's your uh, what's your sense what are, on some of those scenarios? What would you like to see? Well, you know, it's, it's no secret that I'm one of the biggest supporters of President Trump, and I proudly say it all the time. I would love to see him, uh, whether it's Speaker of the House, through running for Congress or or Republican uh, majority in 22, uh, electing him as Speaker of the House. I'm all happy for that because I would love to see him bring my articles of impeachment on Joe Biden to the floor and let's get the job done and impeach Joe Biden. And then we can follow up with Kamala Harris next. And then we could move uh, Donald J. Trump right back in the White House where he where I believe he belongs. And then, of course, I'm, I'm all for him running for president again in 2024. I completely support him. I support his policies. I think that he's been the best president of my lifetime, and I would absolutely love to see him back in the White House. Marjorie Taylor Greene on this show yesterday. Let's bring in Liz Harrington on the show today, editor-in-chief of War Room. Liz, good to see you. Good to see you, David. Well, what do you make of Marjorie Taylor Greene's comments? I mean, it's one scenario. It's obviously it's (laughs) I mean, so many things would have to happen, but there's talk of it. And Trump, I think, is amused by it as well. Well, that's right. And we need big, bold ideas. The country is at stake. It's on the line. Our sovereignty on the border, Uh, the border is a complete and utter collapse under the Biden regime. When you look at not holding China accountable, when you look at the turmoil in the Middle East and abandoning our ally Israel. So much is at stake right now, and we need big, bold ideas. And, you know, when they stole the election from Andrew Jackson, 
1824, and they stole the election from Richard Nixon in 1960. That wasn't the end of those figures, and I don't think this is the end for Donald J. Trump either. He is a once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-lifetime type leader that, you know, Frank Luntz's roommate just isn't going to cut it as Speaker of the House. We need a bigger, bolder vision, and we need to come, come back at the Democrats like they come at us relentlessly because the country is really on, on the line here. <laughs> Circle is. That was really funny. Frank Luntz's roommate. That's what Kevin McCarthy is now. <laughs> Liz. You know, it's just not going to cut it. I'm sorry. You, we've seen the establishment. They always take big media's false narrative. They're always first in line to attack people like Marjorie Taylor Greene when she's the only one up there exposing the Democrats' socialist agenda, exposing what's in these bills, exposing what's in these trillion-dollar Green New Deal plans. I mean, we need to support the people that are actually willing to fight, not just cower and hide and roll over for what the Uniparty wants. Right. Uniparty. You got some, uh, there's some lines today, Liz. That's good stuff. Hey, so Trump uh, vowed uh, that we're, he said that we're going to take back the White House sooner than you think. I'm not quite sure what that meant. Well, I want to play that for, for folks. Do we have that? Let's, let's play that if we do. Yeah, why not? Let's play it. We're going to take back the Senate, take back the House. We're going to take back the White House. And sooner than you think, it's going to be really something special. Sooner than you think. There's a lot of people that would love to see him. I, look, this is the Mike Lindell folk, uh, folks and uh, Sidney Powell. They, they want to see him reinstated. They think he can be. He, apparently, he's been talking about it. What do, what do you make of that? Well, the major point what we need to do is get the truth out there. And if the truth gets out there, and if we still have a justice system, if we still have people that believe in our system and our constitution, who knows what will happen. But if the Maricopa County audit continues as it has been and exposes what we all know happened there, if that goes to Fulton County, which we're already seeing uh, huge discrepancies, missing, you know, 18,000 missing chain of custody documents, illegal voting, people putting these ballots through the machines. If we actually have real audits that look at the ballots, look at the machines, look at the fact that Donald J. Trump got 500,000 more votes in the Bronx, and yet suddenly uh, in Atlanta, in Phoenix, in Detroit, in Philadelphia, all the places where they stopped the count on election night, that those results didn't generate. It magically appeared for Joe Biden. We all know what happened here. And the truth will get out there. It might take longer than President Trump is saying. It might be sooner than we think. But our faith is in our system. Our faith is in correcting yeah. the wrong that happened on November 3rd. And that's what we're fighting for. We should also point out in Antrim County, Michigan, we're getting word today of two times their uh, voting system computer. The, the system there in Antrim County was actually either hacked or some sort of anonymous uh, uh, log into that computer system twice, November 5th of 2020, November 17th. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Also, I want to show this poll. Uh, this is an uh, Ipsos Reuters poll. Uh, 56 of Republicans believe that the election was rigged or the result of illegal voting. 53% of Republicans think Donald Trump is the actual president, not Joe Biden. And 30% of Republicans feel confident that absentee or mail-in ballotings were accurately counted. That's only 30%. In other words, 70% don't think it was done right. What's your take on some of those numbers? Well, I think that's the minimum. I think that's the floor. I think it's actually quite higher. Uh, certainly all Republicans that I speak to know 
that this election was not on the up and up. They know the Constitution wasn't followed. They know the laws weren't followed. They know that by any means necessary, Democrats did what they had to do to rig this election for Joe Biden. So I know that number is higher, but that's that's the minimum. And that is a crisis. You cannot, if that's the minimum, 56%, um, and you had one Rasmussen poll, I believe, back months ago that showed 30% of Democrats right. don't have faith in the outcome. That's a crisis. And for four years, we talked about yeah. fairy tale collusion and a hoax. We need to get to the bottom of this so Americans have confidence that their vote counts. Liz Harrington, Editor-in-Chief of War Room. Always great to have you on. Great insight. Thanks so much. All right, uh, Liz Harrington agreeing that she was happy to come on. I'm assuming we cut her off, but I would think that that would be true back in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. to the water cool everybody hey a programming note for you here on real america's voice uh, over the weekend uh, start actually starting july 10th that's tomorrow is it not i gotta understand my days here uh, the young women's leadership summit live coverage on excuse me <clears throat> i'm all choked up Real America's Voice, June 10th through 13th from Dallas, Texas. Jenna Ellis uh, will be there, uh, one of our hosts there here at Real America's Voice. Uh, she hosts Just the Truth. Once again, that's the Young Women's Leadership Summit. I won't be there. If they had an old person's AARP summit, I would be headlining. Uh, but indeed, uh, that is not what's happening June 10th through 13th. All right, let's bring in Rick Green, uh, shall we? Uh, the uh, founder of PatriotAcademy.com. Rick Green. Let, let me just, it's great to see you. Great to see you. I, I don't know why you're not speaking at the Young Women's Leadership Summit. I mean, David Brody, every woman's dream, every yeah. man wants to beat him. I mean, why is that not the headlining event of that conference? I, uh, you I know, know. It's a good question, Rick. I've asked that myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, David Brody, there, there's, a, there's a bumper sticker for you. David Brody, every woman's dream. Great. Uh, okay, so Rick, uh, let's move on, shall we? Uh, Greg Abbott. Uh, but I got to tell you, he's um, he's running for re-election, obviously, as governor. But Alan West now has resigned as Texas GOP chairman. Um, look, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but doesn't that signal that uh, he may potentially run for governor here? Well, you know, I'm not sure what the colonel is going to do. I can tell you he's one of the greatest patriots in the country. He's one of the most passionate Americans for restoring our Constitution and uh, not teaching critical race theory and all of these horrible things we've done in America the last year or so. Um, so I, you know, I, I think it'd be great if he ran for governor. I think he signaled that some. We've got some other good candidates in the race. Don Huffines and Sid Miller are friends of mine as well. Um, I think what this says is that Greg, Greg Abbott knows he's in trouble. Uh, he thought that he was on his way to run for president in 2024. And he has just failed miserably with the whole COVID crisis. Uh, his hypocrisy has just turned off the grassroots and in Texas. I know people outside of Texas, they tend to think uh, that he's done a good job or that he somehow let us be free. But the truth is, he's the one that locked us up and could have set us free a long time ago. He's lost in the wake of Ron DeSantis, who has been like Josh Hamilton back in May of 2012, 
four home runs in one night, five for five. It was an incredible evening. That's been Ron DeSantis for the whole year. Every time he steps up, he hits a home run. So Abbott's lost in the wake. That's why there's so many good candidates that are running. It's going to be an interesting race in Texas. And I, and I hope the eyes of the rest of the world, not just the eyes of Texas, are on this race because it will be the trendsetter setter for a trendsetter for, t for 2022. I mean, this is what America is going to look like in the future. Texas is going to lead the way or not. And, uh, and I'm excited, actually. I'm, I'm a big fan of Alan West. We'll see what he does. Yeah. Hey, Rick, by the way, I know uh, Greg Abbott put up a tweet just recently in the last 24 to 48 hours or so talking about how he, he's, he was going to sign a bill. And he says, look, uh, as a matter of fact, let me play a little bit of it for you, because this is what he said during the sign. I thought that it made me think of you when he talked about how all these restrictions are being lifted. Ha have a look. Texas is open 100 percent. And we want to make sure that you have the freedom to go where you want without limits. The Texas legislature passed a law that I am a... We want to make sure you have... Yeah, I know. Go anywhere you want without limits. Wait a minute. Didn't he just do the exact opposite during COVID? Help me out here, Rick. You know what I got a kick out of watching that is that I, I don't think I've seen him read a, yes. a, a press release... Uh, in the last year. It's been real easy for him to get on, get on and talk about all the controls and how he was going to save us and he was controlling our lives. But this one, he had to keep looking down and reading his notes. It's hard for a dictator to give up power, brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, the hypocrisy. I laughed at even the tweet that came out because it said, you know, Texans should be free to decide where they're going to go and when they're going to go and all that. And I'm going, wait, if you believe that, then where were you for the last year? Um, unfortunately, a lot of people have Stockholm syndrome. They're just glad to be set free. And so they're, they're, they're praising the guy that actually locked him up a year ago. Uh, but I, I believe the truth will come out. And that's one reason I think it's good that you have so many good candidates running against him, because that message will be getting out across Texas, and they'll be reminding Texas who locked them up in the first place. Yeah, for sure. Let me, let me move on to uh, what we've heard so much about, uh, and I'm putting this in air quotes, transgender rights, right? Uh, th this is the latest headlines coming uh, in, in that vein. A judge has ordered a Virginia school to reinstate a teacher because that teacher refused to use transgender pronouns. And a judge said, hey, you can't do that. But this guy, I mean, he said it was against his Christian beliefs, said I'm not, I'm not going to start using transgender pronouns. And judge said, uh, he's right. What's your take on, on all of that? You know, just from a basic life principle perspective, it is not loving someone when you lie to someone. And, and that's what a lot of these leftist movements do. They get us to lie to each other because we think it's going to make each other feel better. But when you lie to each other, you're actually not loving each other. You're actually going to cause each other more pain. And I think this teacher understood that. And David, I'm actually encouraged. I mean, look at a lot of the things that have happened since January. The legislatures that have said no boys and girls sports, no boys and girls locker rooms. Uh, no, 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 you know, castration of children. We're passing laws to finally stop this madness that is out there. But terminology means things too. Words mean things. And so the, this whole fight over pronouns and whether we're going to lie to these kids and join them in this fantasy land where people around them have apparently, you know, helped them be in this fantasy land and think that they are a female when they're a male or think that they're a male when they're a female. I think this teacher's a, a hero for standing up for truth and this judge as well. So if you look at the trend, the legislation that's been passing across the country, um, a judge even in this case uh, actually ruling for truth and common sense, hopefully we're coming to our senses and we're finally going to stop this, this craziness uh, that is not loving people. It's yeah. actually in many ways hurting them. I've got about 30 seconds or so, but liberals love to talk about how conservatives love to legislate morality. Look, give, give me a break. Legislating morality is done every single day by both sides. That's right. Every law 
legislates morality. The question is what morality is going to be uh, the rule of law in your neighborhood, in your community, in your state. So it, it is always going to be legislating morality. We want morality in the country. Let's debate it over what, you know, what the right position is. Uh, but absolutely, every law is going to legislate morality. That's how it's done. Rick Green, uh, great to see you, even though you don't have your signature microphone, which is honestly, it's been troubling me and I haven't been paying attention to anything you've been saying today because I, I've just been thinking about, where's the microphone? Where's the microphone? And you didn't save a minute for a moment of silence for the microphone. That, that, <laughs> you know, I, the TSA wanted a mask on the microphone. I said, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I got to draw right. the line somewhere. No, let's yeah. do it. We'll do it now. This is good television, Rick. This is great. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. See you, brother. All right. That's nothing like riveting television, like a moment of silence on television. That doesn't quite work. By the way, a uh, quick little, uh, some news. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden and uh, Shelly uh, Capito, uh, the Republican there, they've cut off uh, talks about infrastructure deals. He says, forget it, we're done. Uh, so now he's going to try to get this done with like Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins and Mitt Romney. Yeah, good luck with that. So that's kind of the latest in infrastructure. I don't want to bore you with it because let's be honest, want, want, it ain't going to happen. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. All right, so here's a story that I totally don't care about. So I figured, hey, let's run it today. <laughs> That's weird. Um, here it is. The New York Times put out this story. Cicadas, you've heard of them. They're around once every X amount of years. What is it, 17, 18 years? And they do a lot of, well, stuff. Anyhow, the cicadas took on Biden's press plane and they won. <laughs> Basically, the story is, you know, the way it works is, you know, Biden goes, uh, he's, he's gone off to Europe, uh, or has he gone off the deep end? No, sir, just kidding. Uh, he's gone off to Europe. Uh, and then behind Biden in Air Force One is a press plane. So two planes, right? And so the press plane getting ready to take off. Boom, cicadas in the air. They're in the engine. That's how they looked. They were like that. And they were in the engine, and boom, the plane had to be delayed. They had to bring in a new plane, seven hours, the whole thing. Here's my, here's my point. Why, why do I care? Why do I care about the story? I, I'm doing it in the last sip, not in the first block of the show or the second or third, because I don't care about the story, but I want to make fun of the story. And a lot of times in the last sip, we make fun of stories. And speaking of cicadas and uh, reporters uh, who, who think they're so important, like this story is like, really important. Now, it's one thing to tweet about it. Ha ha. Okay. Tweet 140 characters. Great. But the New York Times is literally doing, and the Washington Post, they're all doing like major stories on this. Like, I don't care about the press and their plane and cicadas, and they were delayed seven hours. Anyhow, speaking of the press and cicadas, remember this one? <laughs> this was from a few weeks ago when one of the CNN reporters, well, got an unwelcome visitor. So am I going to be in the break? Am I in the same block out of this, or are you going to take a break? Okay. Oh, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> cicada. <laughs> okay. By the way, Madison, can you do me a favor? If I have a cicada kind of crawling up my jack, could you let me know? 
uh, Madison saying absolutely not. No, she said absolutely. Uh, all right, good, because uh, that was a bit embarrassing. It was kind of funny, clearly, but like uh, all I'm thinking about is the cameraman. Uh, could the cameraman say, say um, excuse me, uh, Manu, what, what's his name? Is it Manu? I don't know, some, Manu Ginobili from the San Antonio Spurs, whatever. Uh, you, you got a cicada crawling up your, your jacket anyhow. Uh, so clearly, here's the point of that and the New York Times article. Cicadas do not like the media. That's the point of all of the last sip that we want to say to you today. Cicadas are attacking the media, and for good reasons, because cicadas know that Trump won. <laughs> all right, don't send me an email. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. End of the show. Time for Joe Weber. I hear that Joe grew up in Baltimore, so from now on, we should just call him Joe from Baltimore. He joins us on Line 7. Joe, what do you got going on from, you're not in Baltimore, but maybe you are. I don't know where you're from. Good location. He's back. Terry McAuliffe won big last night in Virginia's oh, yeah. gubernatorial contest. Over 60% of the vote. I think what's interesting here is that uh, people wondered, you know, everyone knows Terry McAuliffe was a prolific fundraiser for the Clinton family, or at least Bill and Hillary Clinton. He was the chairman of the Democratic National Committee. Uh, we're seeing a Clintonite sort of republic, I mean, Democrat coming into this. There was concerns about whether um, the governor who was formerly the governor and then couldn't, you know, term limited, as you know, in Virginia, it's only one term, had to leave, north and wins, he comes back, whether he would still have some mojo, but he won by over 60%. So we're seeing as Clinton Democrat here, he's going to be challenged by a guy named Glenn Youngkin from um, the Republican side, suddenly doesn't have near the name recognition that uh, McAuliffe does. So I, he's back. So what's your sense of that race? I mean, not to handicap it here, Joe, but uh, the Yunkin's got some work to do, but he could make hay in the, in the suburbs. Uh, he'll have to, uh, regarding critical race theory in that Loudoun County and, and Prince William County, the, 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 the ex-burbs, if you will, of the D.C. area. That's a good point. As you know, that Virginia, the Democrats started winning that state. It was red, turned to purple. Now it's really blue. Uh, the heavily Democratic areas in the inner burbs, like Arlington and Fairfax and uh, Alexandria, they were winning big there. Republicans were controlling Loudoun County, Fairfax County, and those sort of outer exurbs, as you talk about. Uh, and But the critical race theory and a lot of those parents there that, you know, this we've seen more and more out in those schools, that could alienate them and switch their vote to Republican. That has largely been Democrats over the last two or three cycles, which has allowed them, you know, to have a Democratic governor, two Democratic senators. And uh, their, their assembly, as a matter of fact, just changed um, to all Democrat controlled after so long being Republican held, as you know. Yeah, for sure. All right, Joe Weber, uh, good to see you. Happy, uh, what is today? Wednesday? Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you. All right. Uh, now that we got the pleasantries out of the way, tomorrow on the show, Congresswoman Mary Miller. Hey, Madison, we had Stephen Miller on today. We have Mary Miller on tomorrow. This is a theme. It's a, it's a theme. What? What was that? 
We are the Millers. I don't, you like how Madison and I are just talking to each other through the eye? Anyhow, also Pastor Brian Gibson uh, will be here, founder of Peaceably Gather. I'll be here with my anchor papers. These are official anchor papers, by the way. I take these home at night. I go, honey, I'm home. 